Hello, this is Lisa Wilcox from Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, and Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, along with some other TV shows and films. And I want to welcome you to the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. It's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That You know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now, here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Another exciting episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast coming to you live. We have got uh, another step in our rotation going on here, a new evolution. I don't know if this one's going to air first. Probably not, and that way it'll screw up all this intro. So, uh, I am one of your hosts. I'm Grizzly Adner, and I'm joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Hot Toddy. Ooh, and villainous Vinny. (laughs) Ooh, got four idiots talking at you tonight. (laughs) All right. Yeah, it's going to be great if this is there first. It's going to be way <laughs> So, hey, we, um, we've got a cool episode lined up for you. We have, um, we've talked about Fright Night, the original film, on our vampire episode. And I'm sure it's been brought up on another one. Um, but, so, that's what we're talking about here, is the Fright Night franchise? Sure. Yeah. Ron Burgundy? Um <laughs> You know, talking about this idea of Fright Night 1 and Fright Night 2, and then uh, the Fright Night 1 remake, and then the Fright Night 2, whatever it was. was. Uh, and I'm just looking at all of you here, realizing that uh, no one's got uh, any facts pulled up for uh, dates and actors. <laughs> and uh, Oh, Hot yeah, I've, got, I've got a little bit. Okay, okay. Well, you know, when Mad, you know, Mad Chan typically has got it set up where he can, you know, line up uh, the cast and everything like that. So, if Hot Toddy, if you've got that information. I don't like those computers. There's demons. <laughs> I trust my paper. Todd has a flip phone and a Commodore 64 at the house. <laughs> he does not know about modern technology. So, and he doesn't trust it either. Uh, so, uh, let's, I don't know, let's just start off general impression. I don't know, it's hard to do because they're all not vastly different, but. There's a little disconnectedness. Maybe, maybe what our experience was with all the films before. Yeah. This, like if we'd seen them before and overall thoughts. Cool. Hmm? <laughs> I don't know. Right, we could just go film by film. and then. I mean, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> now. <laughs> so, I'll just say really quickly, it's funny because I remember Fright Night 2 as a kid. Because I probably was old enough to remember when it came out. What year did that one come out? Uh, it was kind of released more, like... 88. Like 80, well, it was filmed in 88. Yeah. 89 had more of a limited theatrical. I didn't see it on video until 90. Like okay. 90, 91. 
So my, I remember my parents written that, and that's what my image always was of Fright Night until I watched the first Fright Night sometime within the last 10 years. And I just instantly fell in love with the first Fright Night movie. So uh, I watched the remake um, and liked it the first time I watched it. So I definitely, it was nice to revisit that for this episode to learn more about it. And then the Fright Night 2 remake of a remake of a <laughs> film of a movie. Uh, got some interesting thoughts on that one. So uh, guys, other insight. Uh, I had seen uh, both of the originals um, and the first remake. I was new to part two. There was a remake of a sequel of a remake <laughs> of a thought. I don't know what was going on there. But uh, I have uh, really grown to love uh, the first original Fright Night over the years. Uh, that was not a part of my youth. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not going to pretend it is. Uh, but I think it's it wonderfully embodies 80s horror. Mm-hmm. But we'll go more into that. But that, that's just kind of, you know, my history with it. I, I didn't see part two, the original part two, uh, until maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. So that's still fairly fresh. Yeah. Uh, for me, I watched them all as they kind of came out. Uh, Friday Night 1, I think I saw probably 86, I guess, 87, whenever HBO first put it on. That was my first viewing. And I didn't find the humor in it. When I first watched it, I thought it was scary as a child. Um, that was kind of my first impression. And then uh, I liked Friday Night 2. I remember watching it when it first came on video. And then uh, saw the remake in the theater in 3D. <laughs> kind of cool i guess and then friday night 2 i probably picked up when it came out friday night remake remake <laughs> 2 i guess <laughs> i uh i don't think i saw fright night until i was an adult um i love it i think it's great uh i had never seen uh fright night 2 i don't even know that i knew it existed um and then the remake i i liked it I didn't expect to, but I did. I really liked it. Um, and then uh, I just watched the Fright Night 2 New Blood for this podcast and uh, was not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the first Fright Night, titled Fright Night. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you got on uh, release dates and cast? All right, so Fright Night, 1985. Directed and written by Tom Holland. Yes. Uh, starring William Ragsdale, Chris Sarandon, Amanda Bierce, Stephen Jeffries, and, uh, of course, uh, Roddy McDowell. Hot Roddy McDowell. Not to be confused with Hot Toddy. <laughs> so, uh, the premise. Um, you know, you've got Charlie Brewster and a new neighbor moves in. Charlie Brewster loves horror movies. Loves watching Fright Night. Uh, with Peter Vincent, and um, new neighbor moves in, and and Charlie uh, thinks he notices some uh, some vampiric tendencies, if you will, and then from there uh, it's about him trying to find out if he is a vampire. He finds out pretty quickly that he is in fact a vampire because he doesn't really hide it, and uh, it it's it's a wonderful blend of funny and genuinely scary at some points, in my opinion. Um, some good genuine scares there. So uh, that's kind of the synopsis. Um, I don't know. Open up, guys. What, what do you What do you think? What do you got? I loved the Peter Vincent character uh, being a horror host. Um, 
because I've been a horror host and I love Sammy Terry, the as I say, the original Midwest monster uh, yep. horror host here in Indiana. I always like that, and also with that is a very uh, it's a stamp of the time of the '80s to have mm-hmm. a horror host in that capacity, which in the remake they changed that up and modernized it for that time. But I really like that end of it. I was I always really dug that character, him being a horror host. And kind of the tail end of the last, the end of the era, the great era of horror hosts. For sure, for yeah. sure, yeah. I I think for me, uh, it's tailor made for horror fans because Charlie and Ed both are are little horror movie geeks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Peter Vincent, which Tom Holland actually loves Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Uh, so, um, I think Vincent Price was his original choice, and it just didn't happen. Would have been awesome. And then, uh, <laughs> so it uh, it ended up going to to Roddy McDowell, which I, I think Roddy Roddy's kind of, no yeah. slouch. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh yeah, you know we we can't talk about it without talking about Evil Ed, you know. And and I I think I probably related to him even more because. Even watching it again, I don't I don't know if it's because of the actor playing him, Stephen Jeffries, but like I just took it as Ed's this little like nobody likes him except for Charlie and he's this little gay kid in school. I don't know if you guys picked that up or not. Hmm. Kinda like the gay neighbors that move in that could be vampires. <laughs> were, were they lovers? It's a good question. Yeah. It's a good question. It really was never answered, but So you thought Ed was gay, huh? I I think so. Hmm. I one thing I love about the movie is the uh, practical effects and practical makeups. Like there's some really scary makeup on Chris Sarandon in parts of that movie. Oh yeah, uh, I think even it's exaggerated. But even uh, even Amy, Amy when at the end the mouth. Yeah, yeah. I think the first time I see, I I don't even know if I watched it in, entirely the first viewing because there was parts where I was just like I'm done for now. <laughs> <laughs> Professor, I I think it is a, a a wonderful intersection for movies in terms of we're this packs all the punches and as one of you just said it's clearly for the fans uh, but it's also not afraid to just you know pull it all off because we have uh, wonderfully executed comedy and horror throughout this film which isn't easy to do, although it became a little easier to do in this decade because there was so much fun horror. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this masterfully executes, uh, you know, scaring you, making you laugh. But more importantly, I think what makes this movie what it is is the charm to it. Yeah. Because there's certain movies when you watch them, you can tell that it's special. Mm-hmm. And there's something special that goes on with this group. Now, the documentary that you know, we may get to it, we may not, that just came out recently. It's three and a half hours. I mean, it's just covers everything. And you see really the bond that this group had. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, something special that I think translates to the screen because, I mean, you've got, you know, you can even just pick a character like Ed. Um, and, like, that's fairly moving when, you know, we've got Chris Sarandon basically being not really evil, but more sympathetic yeah. at that point in the alley. I mean, that that's, for teen horror, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. And it's pretty effective. He seduced him in the, in the alley. Yeah. Like they, they play the love scene, they're the love score during the scene with Ed as well, is like when they're dancing. Well, e- either way, we see somebody who's on the outside. 
um, who is weak, basically. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, you know, like, I'm not going to end you. Come. And so, I don't know. It's just, it just covers so much so effortlessly is why right. I, I'm really drawn to it. Um, it, it never tries too hard. It, it, you know, it just covers a lot without it ever seeming like it. I've repeatedly said that this is not the perfect 80s movie, but it's a perfect 80s movie. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's just, it hits, <clears throat> sure. it hits all the high spots. And Especially as well. in, when you're thinking of the idea mm-hmm. as opposed to just the year. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're hand-picking the best horror movie, but, like, this is quintessential for 80s horror. Oh, yeah. And, what and we I, think don't, of I as... don't typically like a lot of vampire movies. Same I'm more of a werewolf guy, but uh, I, I, this is a vampire movie that is, that is an exception to that rule. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man, it's funny. You talk about Ed, and it's the, the, his character, because uh, we got to talk about it a little bit, too, because we got he comes up, it's interesting how they play him in the remake because it's a little different, at least I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Ed really is like that annoying kid in this movie that only Charlie likes, you know, and even he's, he's even a dick to Charlie, you know, like, Oh, you're so cool, <laughs> Brewster. You know, like he's just, it, oh, he's just, you, you all knew that kid. Oh, you yeah. all knew that kid oh, that, yeah. that you let hang out with you. I was that kid. <laughs> <laughs> You knew that kid that you let hang out with you, and every once in a while you're like, gosh, why do I let this kid hang out with us? You know what I mean? Um, just obnoxious. Don't call me evil! <laughs> you know? Um, well, so they, it'll be, it'll, it's, it's interesting just to, to focus on him for a second because of what they do with him in the reading. I think I think the diner scene where they're talking about, uh, he's talking about the two bodies found decapitated, and he laughs about yeah. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which... I don't know. I've been in the theater where I laugh at movies. I guess the other people don't. <laughs> they, they look at you like you're a serial killer. So, which is true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, so Sarandon uh, does uh, Jerry Dandridge, his character's name, um, does end up uh, weaseling his way into Charlie's house because Charlie's mom invites him in. Single mother. Single mother. Yep. Single mother, so and then of course Dandridge is charming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's charming, he's handsome, um, <clears throat> and it's funny too the way they play that out in the remake. We'll bring that up again later. Um, but yeah, so he finally charms his way in the single mother, and then of course you know where he puts the moves on Amanda Bierce. What's her character's name again? Amy. Amy. Yeah, he puts the moves on Amy. Um, Amy hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Ugly monkey. <laughs> Um, and then, so now, not, you know, Brewster. So let's talk about when he contacts Peter Vincent. Thanks, thanks guys. Gosh, I feel like we're doing an eighth grade book report. I wish you guys would chatter a little bit. We haven't even opened the whiskey yet. We got to get this going. You guys are sitting here like dead slabs. I, I think, uh, I think that Peter, the first scene is... I've had a lot of good encounters with some of my like uh, like heroes, but I think I think it's the typical you don't want to meet your hero. He like idolizes Peter Vincent and he thinks he's gonna help him, and he goes and meets him and it's just this like actor. Is he is he fired when he first meets him from the show? I can't remember. Maybe, but uh, yeah, Peter Vincent had. Is it replacing him, right? Yeah, he he had no interest in even really talking to this kid. Um. I don't know, he wasn't a complete asshole, but kind of like an asshole to like, you know, your fans coming up and 
Mm-hmm. Granted, uh, you know, the subject matter, I mean, he, I, I would imagine, as, as weird as it sounds, that uh, people that do some of the films and stuff, they probably get talked to about, you know, if you did a vampire movie, some weird person coming up talking about vampires living next door. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting relationship with that in the sense of we have a fan who is so desperate for what's going on that they want to translate it into living the experience of what they've been fascinated with. Well, and I think that Charlie is, uh, he's, he's, he worships this character so much that, and he's so isolated as being a nerdy guy who's into horror that, and also he has no father. So there's probably some displaced emotions, uh, that he's, yeah, he's so desperate and also still such a kid that he thinks that this guy can actually slay vampires. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I, I, th- I think maybe there's that, uh, like I said, that displaced uh, father figure affection with the character. Not to read too deep into it, but I think yeah, to some extent, though, that, because that's who he's, you know, been raised on. In yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's his, uh, which is what horror hosts were is they're the audience's connection to the macabre. Yeah. They walk mm-hmm. you through all of it. They're they were your safe point mm-hmm. to take you in and out of these frightening yep. stories. Yeah. Yeah. I love when they actually he takes Peter Vincent to Jerry Dandridge's house. And Peter Vincent freaks out. <laughs> yeah. Well, because <laughs> doesn't he contact him ahead of time or somebody with to, oh. to say like here's what because he thinks it's like He's crossing a line, so he's kind of giving a buffer to it. Like, will you be a good sport? I'm, you know, here's what we're doing. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, that and it's it's fun to watch him evolve. Yeah, because you know what's become just, you know, going through the motions as the career. Maybe he's not that excited with, uh, you know, turns into something important mm-hmm. and something real. Yeah, uh, which is which is fun to watch because then you've got uh, the relationships of. of both of these guys kind of balancing between, you know, the past and now and, and what, not so much what they want out of it, but what's they need out of it. Right. You know what I mean? With it being on purpose. Yeah. All right. So you guys have a lot to say about this. So, uh, so wrapping up here. So, um, they, they go on to, uh, they're, they're, they're finally going to make this big effort to fight. And and kill Jerry Dandridge, and they might want to give the ending here. Hit it, Todd. Uh, so the ending. Uh, <laughs> well, and and I, I think Peter Vincent obviously liked the kids when he met him, but I feel like he got shook up at the the house. But uh, understand. You know, he he ends up showing up and and helps uh, Charlie to battle the vampires. Um, even the house. The house is kind of a weird like. Like old school, like horror movie, like it had the big like stained yeah. glass window. It, I wonder. It didn't look like it was next to Jerry or Charlie's <laughs> house, you know? Yeah, it was like a medieval castle inside of a housing addition. Yeah. So and then um and and I don't think we mentioned Billy the Billy. the living handyman or <laughs> or whatever you want to call him. I'm not. I, I still don't know what he was. Yeah, um, maybe his handler. Yeah, so familiar, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's 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 again strange because it's it's kind of there's some comedy in the ending, but it's kind of horrific. It's like he keeps uh like like they're 
chatted up and Billy's like rising up behind him and um, Amy has been uh, somewhat I think she needs to feed to officially turn mm-hmm. um, Ed has turned yeah and I, it, you know Amy, Amy looks like a familiar uh, taking like a past lover or somebody significant to, to Jerry mm-hmm. um, and yeah Ed is Ed is next door in the in the mother's bed with the with the raggedy hand hair, just pretty terrifying. That <laughs> is awesome. Oh yeah. Um, and and he, and he turned into a werewolf, and again, I kind of feel like it was a vampire movie, but there's still like a like like Tom Holland just loved horror movies, obviously, and and I wonder like you know like I would I would be welcome to more than vampires in the Fright Night series, but um so yeah they they take Jerry on, he becomes into a big bat. Which I think looks cool. Mm-hmm. Looks really cool. Yeah, and I love that they covered so many different angles like that, like with what you guys were just talking about, and even even with the eating of the fruit and the fruit bat, it's just constantly mm-hmm. chomping on that through the movie. It's just like there's all these different little things that they're never hammering you over the head with. Like some of it can go right by, and it doesn't matter. It's just it's so fan friendly. Like mm-hmm. it it can be a very rich movie if you want it to be, or it can just be another, you know. VHS rental on a Friday night. Yeah, right and, be, and it do, it does hit on the different levels. Like on the one, it, you're it's one of those you can put it on. It can be background. You can be messing around on your phone and still enjoy it. But then on the other hand, you can really pay attention. There is depth yeah. to this movie, which is probably why you still see it. Like on the occasion that I see it, that uh, I say within the last few years, Sammy Terry gets specials. They'll still show the original Fright Night, mm-hmm. and it, it it's still consumable you know what i mean yeah. like it, it's, it holds up very well unlike a lot of movies from that era mm-hmm. bright night still definitely holds up yeah great name great poster just oh great cover art just I mean, covered checks of everything off. i can't even and, and uh, probably if anything aged it was the music but even that really kind of so when i watch it now it doesn't feel outdated at all yeah. like it that's a good soundtrack yeah it's a, it's a great soundtrack um and I want to put this out to the listeners, too. Uh, many of you don't have it on Blu-ray because you don't want to pay the Twilight Time prices. Um, get on Diabolic DVD and get the German import. It's It plays in our region, and it's yep. 20 bucks. Yep. And I did that. Uh, I don't buy a lot of Blu-rays new, but that was kind of my up yours to Twilight Time. I understand what Twilight Time is and what they're trying to do, and I don't think they're trying to be jerks. It's everyone who buys them and then resells them that's being yeah. the jerks. But uh, there's a yeah. couple titles like this one. That's the reality where, you know, you end up screwing a lot of us. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, hop on Diabolic DVD and uh, you can get it on Blu-ray for, for 20 bucks. Yep. So plays so, great. Just got to switch a few things to the beginning and you're off and running. Mm-hmm. So if we're hitting the end, so at the end, shocker, uh, they kill the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> what? By, uh, it's the busting out of the windows with the, with the sunlight, correct? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And Ed, uh, we get we get a, a yell from Ed at the end to know that he's still alive, don't we? Yeah, you, you mm-hmm. see his, his eyes light up and you hear you hear the laugh. And I, does he say your? I think he says mm-hmm. so it's the last thing that you hear as the credits are starting. Yeah, to so we thought Ed was dead, but he wasn't. So maybe Ed goes off to start the next vampire. Ed is the litmus test. I'm just gonna put it that way. Like if Ed were basically in 95 percent of other horror movies in the 80s, he would ruin it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm serious, like, but yeah. because the charm in this movie works, he works so well. Mm-hmm. He is like one of the stronger points of it. I think that's just a testament 
to how the, all the puzzle pieces fit on this film. Because Ed has has been in other movies in the sense of that that character, and you usually hate him. Like what's the guy in Friday the Thirteenth Part Three oh, that, Shelly, that they thought everybody Shelly. was going to laugh at? And oh, you're just like, God. Yeah. you're ruining this movie, dude. Yeah. So it's yeah, just like for I, putting an Arnold Horshack character in a Friday the Thirteenth movie. <laughs> But yeah, I just I love Ed. Yeah, he's he's the fine wine for me. Each oh, each viewing, wine. I'm just like, I like this dude. He's one of a kind. Right on. Well, we got to move on. But well, real quick before we do something that uh, I've I've never heard until I watched the documentary. They talk about the original ending, which I like where the movie ends. But I get they were going to Amy in a similar scene where they're in the bedroom and they're fooling around, and they are watching Fright Night. And on Fright Night, Peter Vincent actually shows that he's a vampire. Oh. Um, which would be kind of cool. I like I like that he didn't turn. Like uh-huh. I, I right. think it would be kind of weird. And then the other weird thing was Charlie Sheen auditioned oh, yeah. to play Charlie. <laughs> but Tom Holland was just like, you're not even going to... Like, he didn't even really let him audition for it. But I, I don't I don't think we'd be talking about this movie if Charlie Sheen was Charlie. Mm-hmm. No. He's already too, too established. Yeah, too old. I mean, just even as a, a spirit. And, yeah. and then William Dragsdale uh, seems like a young guy. Yeah. To Steve Johnson too, who was like one of the big FX guys on it. Who, oh yeah. I think he's like Steve Johnson always comes up in a lot of low budget films, like Night of the Demons. Yeah, he was but, married to. Him. And yeah, his yeah. his special effects are not like they never look low budget. No. Yeah. He he was involved with uh, Ghostbusters, wasn't he? Yeah, Ghostbusters. Uh, the wasn't one of the the cab driver in Ghostbusters was used in. Mm-hmm one of the skeletons or something that melts. Oh, okay. Cool. All right, moving on to the original Fright Night 2. What kind of details you got on that? All right, Fright Night 2. It's originally 1988. Um, Really didn't get a a theatrical push, and it was limited release 1989. Most people probably saw it when it got thrown onto home video. I want to say 1990. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Roddy McDowell, William Ragsdale both return. Mm-hmm. Which I was pleasantly surprised by that when I put it in. I was, yeah. like, I was like, okay, because I, I could have seen it picking up with having nothing to do with the first one, just another vampire tale. Mm-hmm. Or the thing I hate the most it was when you recast characters. Yeah. So I was very pleasantly surprised to see well, Roddy McDowell. Especially with a young up-and-coming actor and one who's very established those are the two types that usually go i'm good yep. just you yep. stick with the first so mm-hmm. i was very happy to see yeah. them return well and then and and now we have a new love interest alex played by tracy lynn uh upgrade well, <laughs> I, I like that i like a man again uh there in the original scripts amy returned but it just i think an early draft and then that was it um and then how many movies, too, where the next movie always has a new girlfriend or right. not at right. all? Um, I think that's pretty much the essential other than the new villain is Regine Dandridge, and that's played by Julie Carmen. And Julie is Jerry's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this film is directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. So yeah. Halloween mm-hmm. 3 and yeah. some other great films. I like, the, I like the way they picked, they did a recap straight in the beginning, and I like the way they were able to do that with it's Charlie recounting what had happened yeah. to his therapist. Well, and that is one thing I liked about this film. One thing I liked about this <laughs> film, uh, that, uh, 
that so yeah you start with with charlie in uh, in this, this therapy sessions and it's like he's been maybe uh maybe he's been admitted to a facility um and and they have convinced him that all this was fake it was all in his head and then he goes home and it was kind of confusing because he goes home and then he's still got like all of his like vampire hunting stuff in his bedroom i thought oh maybe he was just like bs in the therapist. i thought the same thing yeah. but then it's cool that a good portion of the film is spent on is charlie crazy or not yeah well we know he's not but it's charlie trying to figure out if he's crazy or not and peter vincent trying to figure out if they're crazy or not yeah and that was a cool aspect that was a good twist to to give something new to the film. peter vincent seems to he seems to be hanging on to it though like he's like i guess he feels like it was an accomplishment you know what i mean uh -huh. like which yeah it was a moment of badassery for him but so because uh he hasn't really had any contact mm -hmm. at that point. Uh, he's kind of avoiding Peter Vincent because he doesn't want to continue with what his quote delusion. Right, and it's cool that like he's his, his his new girlfriend knows about it, and so she like helps calm him down. Like Charlie clearly wasn't a vampire. This isn't happening, and so uh, I like that aspect of the film. Well, I, I think one of the cool things for me, um, Louis, played by John Cries. He's in the Monster Squad too, right? Yeah. Yes, he plays the Wolfman in Monster Squad. Yeah, so he um he was actually Evil Ed's replacement because uh Evil Ed was supposed to be one of the main characters. I wondered why Evil uh, Ed wasn't in this. Well, and 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 nine seven six Evil was uh he had a dilemma yeah, and he chose he, he knew that Robert England was directing nine seven six Evil, so Stephen Jeffries thought you know of the two nine seven six Evil was the way to go. So uh, which again, is now and, a hallmark. What what. I, <laughs> What I what I uh, find great though again is they could have just called the new guy Ed and they could have called the new girl Amy mm -hmm. and instead they're new characters because yeah. I, I hate that I do yeah. hate recast and then um Brian Thompson is Bosworth the the guy that eats the bugs yeah yeah, yeah. and then Russell Clark which is funny because even um I think to watch the documentary they mentioned how androgynous his character Bell is I never really knew watching it, is it a guy or girl I don't think it matters mm -hmm. that's the vampire on the roller skates oh yeah. Vampire on roller skates, but uh, that that I made me laugh out loud. But then, you know, the, the one scene's kind of scary though, when he's like roller skating to to kill the victim. Mm -hmm. I don't know if scary is the word because it is Friday Night too. But <laughs> the one thing, so what I remembered about this as a kid, um, well, funny enough, I remember about this as a kid was when that girl walks in the room topless. Oh wow, you remember that? <laughs> it's so funny because I was like. I was like, why? That wasn't in the Fright Night movie. And then when that she walks in on here, I was like, that's what I remembered as a kid. And then she shooter, shuts, shooter, shooter. and then she shuts the window and on his fingernails. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he falls off, off the window. I just thought that was hilarious as a kid. <laughs> this monster getting his fingernails chopped. Good times. Yeah, Good I, times. I don't. I thought that it, it it didn't hold up to the first one. No. Um, it didn't have the same money that the first one had, but. I thought the effects held up well for this movie. Not, yeah, I mean again, it's not terrible. Yeah, it's I, I, and it's still fun. Yeah, um, not a bad sequel at all. I don't plan on ever watching it again, but yeah. It's when old terrible. boy gets his gut cut open and all the bugs spill out, that was awesome and gross. Like I, yeah. I liked that. That that effect was great. And I, re I really, it's a weird scene. I like the bowling alley scene where they. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty cool. That was great. That was funny. He pulls the head out of the ball return. And then I, I think other than that, and it, it didn't completely copy, but I feel like the ending was a little bit 
the first movie again? Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Big time. Big time. Um, and and the the weirdest things again was um. The the limited release. I never realized because Fright Night's a big movie, and mm-hmm. whether they they're shit or not, like most most sequels got a big theatrical push. I never realized about the the Menendez brothers who killed their dad. The, the... yeah, please please tell the story. So so, uh, so so you're saying this is supposed to be for Friday Night Three? No, this so Friday Night Two is is filmed and they're they're waiting to get a release. Okay. Um, the producer the producer of the company, um, one of the big executives is Jose Menendez, and so Tommy Lee Wallace and Roddy McDowell, um, August 1989. I'm not sure of the date. They go in. They have a big meeting. They they feel this needs to be a big theatrical push. They go in uh, the next day. Um, are you peeing there? <laughs> <laughs> the next day, uh, they had found out that the the two boys had killed their father and mother. So, and it also kind of put a damper on uh, Friday Night Three, as well. Um, yeah, it screwed the distribution. Which it's funny in the documentary, Tommy Lee Wallace just turns uh-huh. to the camera and. Curses the Menendez brothers. <laughs> yeah, and, and the the coolest thing is uh it might work in our favor because uh the, the copyright laws that they are and uh twenty eighteen the rights go back to Tom Holland. Oh. It's already announced that he has a book for Friday Night Three in the works to come out in twenty eighteen with possibly a film to follow. Cool. So and and I don't I would like to see what Tom Holland would What would Tom Holland make a Friday Night Three look like? A lot better than Friday Night 2. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure I, One of my notes just says, Melt Kill, with two exclamation points on it. <laughs> Do you remember what that is? Yeah, yeah the scene where... Because sometimes I get drunk and I make notes, and I don't remember what they were. <laughs> but uh, that's, I, I'll say that for this movie, I mean, it's practical effects-wise, it's still got the job done. Like, it's still impressive to me. Like, it yeah. still looks good. For, for me... It's slow moving though. I yeah. feel like this movie is very slow. So slow. For me, I'm glad this movie exists. I'm glad that if I want to go further with those two characters, I can. Yes. And continue the 80s fun. Now, do I think it's anywhere near as good as the first? Absolutely not. No. I don't think it can sniff the first, but I still like it. Like it's just a fun 80s sequel. My only complaint with this film is that it is it's it's too much. And com- because what made the first one great is we are centralized in the neighborhood. And now we're into college and the city yeah. and all over the place. And we don't just have a couple of friends battling what may be a vampire next door. We now have a pack of right. you know, evil things that we're battling. And it, and it just, at times, is too slow and taxing for a sequel. Mm-hmm. For as fun as the first one should be, to come up to bat with the second one, it should be like... Balls to the wall, not stuffy, and shorter. And so this one was like, in a lot of ways, I felt like competing with the first one, which I think hurts it. Now, I still like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- that was my big complaint with it is just like, at no point during the film, except for the stuff with what you were talking about with the therapist, did I ever care as much yeah. as I did during the first one. Now, I was not invested. Yeah, it's just the reality of it. And I mean, I'm just being honest for listeners yeah. who are interested in it. Like, this is still worth watching. Like for me, yeah. it it has some rewatchability, not but not anything like the first one. I like the swerve at the end too. 
with the uh, his counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I appreciated that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Now, one thing I some another thing I liked is we we didn't try and replace everything exactly. I liked that we have a strong female vampire mm-hmm. who we would later see do the awesome spider walk and in the mouth of madness. Yeah. Uh, oh, I thought gosh. she was great in it. Um, but it's just. You know, and they reference this in that documentary that the first one was lightning in a bottle. And I mm-hmm. think, in fairness, you know, to part two, there's nothing that could have been done to recreate that. Right. So, um, I've seen way worse sequels. I've seen better, but it, it has its merits. If nothing else, I think it's worth watching for uh, the practical effects and the continuation of our two characters from the first. I, I think if it was uh, not even called Friday Night, I think I would like it better. But I, I still really like the movie and. With it, with it being called Friday Night Two, and Friday Night's just like an extraordinarily awesome movie. Yeah. And Two just didn't quite live up to. I that. would probably watch it again. Oh yeah. You know I, what I mean? I, I still it's like something it. I would watch. Yeah, I like it. It's not it's not up there with the original, but what sequels are? But you, like Professor said, I like those two characters enough that I like having the option to watch watch them ride one yeah. more time. Hmm. Well, you like what you like. <laughs> all right says the man wearing troll 2 t-shirt oh yeah all right moving on to the fright night remake fright night fright night uh what details we got on that uh fright night so 2011 um charlie brewster is played by anton Yel- yelchin I'd say Yelkin. Yelkin. Is that the guy who played Chekhov in the Star yeah, Trek reboot? Yeah, just recently passed away. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick and, and for a that, second. That man. kid was like, I, he could be in a piece of shit turd movie, and that kid he's was great, he was great in everything. Oh, he's such a good actor, man. It's, it's a real was, loss. It's a real yeah. loss. I mean, this kid was going places. He was, as you just said, Star Trek. Terminator. Yeah, Green Room was a phenomenal movie. He was so good in this. And that's, I, I don't want to spill the beans too soon, but... Rewatching this, I realized that the cast makes this movie. So that's another. But yeah, rest in peace, Anton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ones. unfortunately, I only, for the most part, ever read his name. So I'm not confident on how to say it. So I'd say Anton Yelkin. We'll go with that. Yeah. But apologies if we're mispronouncing it. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't curse us from <laughs> Beyond the Grave. And then uh, Jerry Dandridge is now Colin Farrell. Uh, Jane Brewster, the mom, is Tony Collette. Peter Vincent is uh, Doctor Who, David Tennant. Which blew my mind last night when I read that. I was like, what? That's like that famous Doctor Who guy? And none of us here watch Doctor Who, so <laughs> that, that was fascinating. He was good in Jessica Jones, too. Uh, Amy Peterson is Imogene Poots, I guess. How you she also that? is in Green Room with Anton. She plays one of the... She's the mm. main... She's the main Skinhead. I didn't realize that. Yeah, she's the main skinhead chick that lives wow. to the end. I did not realize that. Yeah, that's cool. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And then in the, the remake, they refer to him as Ed Lee, but it, it's Ed Thompson is the original character, but that's Christopher Moons Plaza. It's like a super bad nerd. <laughs> you really churched that one up, because I always Plaza just call him, like, call him like Christopher Mintz Plass. <laughs> that was very cultured. Tell him Mintz Plaza. Um, and then uh, I, I think one of the big details of this one, for uh, the, for the time period of it coming out, it's rated R. Uh-huh. It's not PG-13. Um, it has Which a is big for a horror film. They're, for they're, that time period, because they PG-13 the hell out of all the rated so R films. So you get the yeah. teenagers in. 
which I don't care movies rating, but don't cut to make it a rating and don't force shit either. So yeah, um, budget of thirty million dollars, produced by DreamWorks, mm-hmm. so Steven Spielberg's production company. Um, I don't know. That's that's the pretty much essential things of the. Very good. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, no, no. Um, man, I I liked it when I watched it when it came out, and I liked it when I rewatched it last night. Um, initial thoughts. Anybody else? Uh, I like the Peter Vincent character again. I thought they did. Obviously, I I love the aspect of him being a horror host, and they didn't go that angle. The horror hosting doesn't exist on that level anymore. Uh, and I thought it was a nice choice of how to play that character, you know, he's to make like, him like a Chris Angel. Yeah, he's like a Chris Angel type guy, and I thought it was a great up, update. Um, I I really liked this remake, and I didn't didn't I'm not I'm not a big fan of remakes, so I don't go into them with very high expectations. But this one, I was very pleasantly surprised by. Um, I really like this too, but it could have been called. I didn't feel like it was quite Fright Night. Okay. Because it's it's missing it's missing us. Yeah. Like now, really, Charlie's kind of like a little popular dickhead. Mm-hmm. The the horror movie fans are gone. Yep. Um. And and I'm I'm not dogging the movie because I did really like it, but I I felt it could have been called anything else, and I would just be like, oh, it's similar to a movie called Fright Night. Mm-hmm. But um, at the, at the same time, like if you're right. gonna remake a movie, you do have to make changes. But some of the stuff that uh. As part of the magic, I think is gone from this one, and uh, rewatching it, the CGI, I thought was a little bit much in scenes. But yes, I, agree. I did see it in theaters in 3D, and it, it did look better in 3D when they were coming out at you. Um, so I don't know if that made a difference or not, but um, I would take practical effects over CGI any day. Absolutely. And um, and I hate to complain because it is Burger and Nicotero that do the effects, so I mean, I'm always a big fan of them. But um. I don't know. Initial thoughts is I just I I really like the movie, great remake, but it's missing some of the magic from Fright Night. I yeah, sure, agree. I can agree. I agree. With that. Yeah, I was concerned revisiting this in this fashion because this blew my mind when it came out. I thought it was just wonderful for a remake after this, you know, just parade of shitty ones. I thought, oh wow, this is really good. Like I like some of the the things they changed about it, but I was concerned. That was watching it now, not only is there no chance for surprise, because mm-hmm. I know I enjoyed it, but now I'm going to stack it up against the original right. and watch them consecutively. And it's going to make me examine it, you know, more and maybe scrutinize it more than I would have in the past. Um, and, you know, there were some things that comparing them hurt it, but I still, it still holds up. It yeah. still passes the test. Like, um, I agree completely with what you're saying. Some of the charm that made the original so fun was the love of horror, that it was the fan experience and watching one deal with it coming into his reality. And, you know, that's completely lost. Um, but so is some of the charm of youth. And so now we have little dickheads. Um, so, I mean, because I agree, that's You're part of the me. fun. But, but yeah, and the reality of it is, is, you know, while that does kind of hurt it, it doesn't ruin it by any means, which I know nobody thinks it does. But I, that was my main feeling is I was worried that I, that I was going to not like it after this because I hadn't watched it since that one time when yeah. I enjoyed it. And so, but yeah, it held up. I think, was it you, Grizz, that said performances? 
in this. Yes. That's period. that's everything. That yep. is everything for this film because Colin Farrell, I do not like. I have seldom seen him in anything I enjoyed. I think for the most part, he's a pompous ass and not a very good actor. Mm-hmm. He's good in this, and so yeah. is everybody else, and I think that saves it. So we'll go into more reasons. But And, and I had one more thing is – one of my big things that, that I, I didn't like about this is they ki- they killed Ed too early. Yes, Ed gets killed very early. And to build upon that, I, I do want to bring up just kind of the differences in all the characters. Colin Farrell plays Jerry Dandridge pretty much like Chris Sarandon. Mm-hmm. He's a little sleazier than Sarandon. I'm glad I'm glad you said sleazier because I put a sex, sex addict pedophile. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that weird conversation he has with Charlie when he borrows the beer about mm-hmm. like, his, yeah, his girlfriend's right and his mom has a scent. Yeah. Uh so it was yeah, he's a lot he's like he played it like you know, charming to the ladies, but then sleazy behind their back, you know what I mean? Maybe not a whole lot of acting there. Yeah, I know. I know that's why I was telling Carrie. I was like I was like, that's kind of young Colin Farrell. I mean yeah. I heard he's he's chilled out a little bit. Yeah. But like I was like that he's kind of playing himself right now. Um <laughs> So that was interesting. Uh, Charlie, you're right. The, the twist where he's kind of, because he's in the in crowd now. But he used to be a dork. But now he's in the in crowd and he doesn't want to ruin it. Ed, I think, was the biggest character change here. Yeah. Was because you never disliked Ed. And Ed was like the, the sympathetic character that gets picked on by the rich kids. James Frank or uh, uh, Dave Franco. Dave, Dave Franco. Um, yeah. Every preppy bully of the last 15 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was interesting how they twisted Ed in this one and and made you like, you, you liked Ed from the beginning and you're like, why is John such a dick to Ed? You know, Ed's like his old buddy, you know? And some of us do have those old friends that like stayed in some different interests and didn't kind of grow up a little bit more. As I'm talking to guys that we all go to <laughs> horror conventions <laughs> and do a horror <laughs> podcast, you know? And I've got, you know, we've got toys on our shelves. <laughs> Yeah, these guys that didn't grow up that hung out with those are those are action figures. <laughs> They're not dolls, sir. Um, but I think one of the characters that stayed truest uh, were actually the two women. Uh, the mom stayed very similar to the mom in the original one, and Amy. She she did a great job of being like that girlfriend that was like, "Why are you more interested in your neighbor than me?" <laughs> you yeah. know, and and like, "Why have you been so distant?" So, yeah, they they the small changes were noticeable but didn't detract from what they were doing i think i think jerry um and, and i love i don't know if it's an improvement i like i like his angle in this movie that uh they think he just works night construction and then the setting kind of makes sense too because it's uh people just assume that their neighbors just upped and moved because they lost all their money yeah that's yeah, they i used, wanted to talk about vegas i was going to say they use the environment well a la 30 days a night you know what I yep, mean? Like exactly. using yeah. a place where you vampires yep. would go and be active, or like because they're they always going to have people out, alternate lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you want to? Well, no. That? that I mean, that was just mainly the thing to it. I liked that we found an interesting place to apply it, and it also for anybody who's ever been to Vegas, all the subdivisions look the same, mm-hmm. like CSI style. Just and so I liked that we've we've got one that's isolated. <clears> that we have basically a metro movie out in the middle of the country as we, you know, take the credit sweeping in on this, you know, community. Mm-hmm. And so we have some of the perks of living in the neighborhood, but at the same time, it's not, it's, it's almost ominous because off in the distance, it's just nothing. <clears throat> and you know that the city's nearby. I like the translation of Peter Vincent to the Vegas show. So we have him right there. You know, it's just, there, there was a lot of cool updates that they found that weren't 
hard to believe or you know annoying for the viewer just kind of effortless nice mm-hmm. setting for a vampire story yeah and and if it was a copy too i would i would completely hate this movie because mm-hmm. i think a lot of where friday the 13th works that they do original characters nightmare on elm street did nancy in the same story and it, it failed right so so the updates i felt are needed but just, like lisa just, loeb holler yeah. <laughs> Lisa Loeb was in this movie. Yeah, Ed's mom. Remember, she asked him to oh, when he goes to get right. the stuff out of his room. Yeah. I didn't even notice. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing I was going to mention about the Peter Vincent character, I meant to mention it when we were talking about the first Fright Night, but the concept of a kid <clears throat> coming to a fictional character asking for help. I love how that plays out later in another little movie called My Name Is Bruce, where this Ooh, kid seeks uh, out Bruce Campbell. And it's like, you've got to help us. There's this thing that's been raised from the dead. And he's like, kid, I'm an actor. I'm Bruce Campbell. I'm not Ash. <laughs> so, yeah, that. So, uh, other thoughts? I, I love Chris Sarandon pops up in the movie. Yeah, yeah that was great. great. And, and I didn't know until the documentary that they, they kind of wanted him to have a different part. But he kind of was like, I want to be the guy that, that gets on screen. Like, you know, the new Jerry kills the old Jerry. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That was great. I, that was great leading up to it, too, with all the night driving out in the desert. Yeah. That was fairly creepy. That was really um, good. I, I, I thought it was him that hit him, and I had no idea when I first saw it. that. So when he gets out of the car, I'm like, that's Chris Sarandon. Uh, I love that the mom uh, stabs him with one of her uh, real estate signs. That was so awesome. Yeah, the, and the, him and the, flailing around. Yeah, him playing. Ooh. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was CGI, but I mean, it did it so they had dark, and they ke- they always kept it like twenty feet away. And he sold it, man. I don't know if he actually did it or whoever it was, but it actually looked like something just struggling out there, flipping around. That was great. I do want to bring up a, a good a good moment in the film um, when uh, Jerry has his date with Doris. Uh, Amy calls the stripper, to which Charlie reminds her that she is a go-go dancer, not a stripper. Um, <laughs> and uh, he goes over to rescue her, and as Jerry is killing her. She sees Charlie hiding and gives him the hush. Finger, oh, like, yeah. don't get caught. I thought that was a very cool, very mm-hmm. sincere moment of the film. I, on the other hand, would have been like, but Charlie, help! Yeah. <laughs> I sold him out. It's like, you're going down too, bitch. <laughs> He's over there. Uh, I, I'm not going quietly into that night. <laughs> I, I think that's follow too, where he finds one of the victims, and there's a weird... It's actually kind of... Not, not sure if he knows they're in the house or not. They're 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 running around the living room. Yeah. And then he gets her out of the house, and she's a vampire, and psh, explodes. Yeah. I know that blew my mind. Yeah, Doris is the same one. Because uh, he, he, he he doesn't realize that yeah. she's been turned. It's like so much for melting shit. They run out, and she explodes, <laughs> and I just went, oh! Is <laughs> it got me? Because I, I forgot it from the first time around. Uh, a couple of performances that I think uh, hurt this in comparison to the original, and it's not that they're horrible performances, it's just tough to fill, uh, is both Peter Vincent and Ed, mm-hmm. two of the most charming parts about the original, I think aren't in this. Um, you know, fair or not, he's always going to be McLovin to me. It, it's just a the little... poor kid is going to yeah, be stuck with McLovin. It's like, it's nothing against him, it's just the way it is. And I, I found... You know, his performance, while not to be bad, just more annoying than than effective in terms from a fun standpoint. And Peter, I mean, Peter Vincent has 
the redeeming situation. Yeah. But man, it's not the same. He's such a just tool. <laughs> you know, it's just leading up to that. That's kind of what I liked about him though. But yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's totally. just I mean, and they like I said, like it's really not fair, but I do have to point it out. Like those are the, the, you're, you're the right. two hardest to recreate and they show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, McLovin, he tried. It's so it's funny. Like, I like you're you're right. He doesn't have the same charm as the original Ed. I like him in this, but he doesn't capture that. I like him in Kick Ass. I like him in Role Models, but he's always just going to be McLovin. Yeah, there's such an iconic character. Yeah. Like, it's like the robot legs from Grandma's Boy. Yeah, the guy's always going to be. Get <laughs> on my face! <laughs> like he's always going to be that when I see him in movies. Yes, <laughs> it's like. Sorry, bro. And I, with that, I felt like it was almost like a cash-in for younger viewers. Like, let's uh, get him in instead of necessarily finding a person that could have maybe done a little better with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to rip on him, but it, it's it's definitely something that I thought hurt the film. Yeah. In fairness. I'm saving all my energy to hate on the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> Another scene I thought, first off, the, the addition of... Uh, I love the mom in the first movie too, but she was always working. Yeah. Um, I like Tony Collette had a mm-hmm. like a bigger part. And one of the cool things is they didn't invite him in, and so he's kinda like, Fuck it, if you're not gonna invite me in, I'm gonna make you get out of the house. I thought that was a cool scene as yeah, he dug in the yard. And... Uh guys. I thought that was the dumbest part. Oh yeah. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I'm just dead honest. No, I have, I have no disagreement with that. I was just like, man. It's really, uh, that's a plan. And we're watching it. You know what? They got out of the house, didn't they? <laughs> I would never make it as a vampire, Todd. Because <laughs> I can't think on my feet like that. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> um, one last thing I want to say about this. Is I love that line. This is after the, the whole scene out in the desert with the accident. And now his mom's in the hospital. Uh, Amy says to Charlie, are you going to, you should tell the cops. He says, what am I going to tell him that I loaned this vampire a six pack of Budweiser? Then he ate a stripper and blew up my house. <laughs> <laughs> and the way he delivers it, the kid was such a great actor. Yeah, he was. You know what? Like, uh, I don't know if it would have worked as, as well in the, in 85. I mean, you couldn't just say like, there's a pedophile living next door. And I think there's kids in the basement. <laughs> I think you could get the cops there. I was just going to throw out to before we move on, just a couple of things that I, with updates that I did like after I said some, I didn't, I like the Jerry is just more aggressive and mm-hmm. scarier. I like that he doesn't, and he, that he doesn't have the sidekick. I thought that for the character he was playing, it was good that he didn't have mm-hmm. the, the replacement, you know, like we had in the original. So, I mean, I did like, uh, how uh, he was just scarier. Yeah. I mean, he was more of yeah. just like a killer. Because he was so sleazy. Yeah. <laughs> he was, had a very Ted Bundy thing about him. Yes. <laughs> I would say a good rolling point is uh, again, the budget was $30 million and the movie grossed $18 million. Ooh. So that wow. leads us to the straight to video. Straight to Fright video. Fright Night 2, The New Blood. New Blood. Uh, and I, I believe 2013 is when this came out on video. Yes, it was 2013. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, filmed in Romania, right? It was just yeah, it's definitely not filmed. You could de- you could tell by watching. It's one of those filmed in another country. Used, like all the subspecies yeah, in Romania. Yeah. Die Hard 5. The old Charlie Band stomping your ass. I thought it had a good opening sequence. Yeah, that gas station sequence? Yeah, but I was a little disappointed to see CGI turn up so early. 
I, I, uh, I weirdly like this movie, but I'm confused. So if it was just, uh, different names or I don't, I don't know. Like it's just another remake. As soon as, as soon as they, cause I thought to myself, I was like, <laughs> I'm watching. I'm like, Oh, this is kind of neat how they've updated the Peter Vincent character and the show Fright Nights, like one of these ghost hunters shows. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's one of those moments where all of a sudden it dawns on me and I'm like, so wait, is this is this another reboot? Yeah, because Ed, then Ed, I start thinking, Ed's back. And that's yeah, yeah. and that's when I start Nothing realizing. Happened. And I'm like, so this is a remake of the remake that it's a sequel to? Like yeah, my, I, yeah. That so we gotta explain that. Yeah, way. we gotta I, explain that to the listeners. Yeah, this film is not a remake of the sequel. It's not a sequel to the remake. It's, it's just a another remake. remake. It's a reboot. It's a requel. Yeah. yeah, it's a reboot <laughs> of the original film. That's yeah. so not even a remake. Like a reboot. Like but we're they, taking the same. But story they make Jerry a female. And, so I um, I instantly just thought they're going Friday Night Two. Right? right. Right. I did too. So I'm expecting Regine, and instead it's like Jerry. With an eye and a heart above it now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about that heart. <laughs> that kid who uh, played Charlie in this movie, uh, Crispin Glover called, he wants his DNA back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one thing, I, I, I hate when I do this, but to go back to the previous movie. Well, here we go. <laughs> I know, I'm a jerk. Uh, we forgot to mention that neat side story that I liked about the Peter Vincent character, about how he finally comes clean and says that his parents were killed by a vampire. And we find Ooh, out that it was yeah. Colin Farrell. Uh, remember that? That was like a neat twist. Well, whatever. You guys didn't like it. So <laughs> back that? into this one. Uh, remember that? You just went full Chris Farley. Remember that? Remember when you were in the Beatles? <laughs> that remember, was cool. Remember when they said you died? Is that true? Um, no, so... Um, so, Todd, I was on board. Uh, okay, so the, uh, the intro was cool. Yeah. I really yeah. like that intro. Um, I like the twist that it's it's the female Jerry Dandridge. Okay, again, put me in the mind of Fright Night too. It put me in the mind of Fright Night too. I liked Peter Vincent as a ghost hunter and paranormal investigator. Like I'm really like not hating this movie the first thirty minutes. Yeah. Then cue the subway scene, and when she gets on top of that subway train and starts doing sonar by going. I like the sonar. Yeah. I like the sonar. But my thought was, if you're a vampire, wouldn't you have pretty fucking good night vision? I thought it was just, you know what I mean? It was, I thought it was different. There's, We're there's done. things Thanks I like about it. Thanks for listening, guys, uh, for the Midwest Bunchers. Boy, Todd is so mad right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> if, if this was called, again, it's it's not a bad movie, but it doesn't make sense. See, and that was the point I was going to make, If too. they would have tied this, if they, we just had a remake. So, and it's called Two fucking, it's called old. Fright Night 2. Yeah. Right. So, if this would have been... I feel like this was What if maybe... Charlie went to Romania and it's Regine, not fucking Jerry? Yeah. And then you could have even said that somehow Ed, like, you know, everyone else survived, mm-hmm. seriously. So Amy and Charlie and Ed, and they acknowledge the events of the first movie. Yeah, it's... I Although, I, I, again, I, I do hate when you have different actors. So you could have just did new fucking characters and Regine is the vampire. Either way, well, and I, I, feel, think... I feel like this was another movie they had sitting around. And they said, you've got to turn Slap this into Fright Night 2. Yep. It's called The New Blood, and now it's Fright Night If this was called, like, Elizabeth's New Blood mm-hmm. and had some tweaks in it, everybody would be on this. Yeah. But it's the I, fact that they forced it Well, and in, I, th- I think Fright what Night made 2. me dislike it so much 
It's an insulting cash this, grab. Well, yeah, that fans. and having watched the same story two times before I watched this one. Yeah. It's just like, God damn, how many times do I have to watch the same movie? Right. You know what well, I mean? Because, like it's wearing thin on me. Now, had I watched it, having not watched other Fright Nights within the same week, yeah, I may have had a different a thought process. Well, it's got it. all kinds of great things about it, but the reality is, is we have to judge it within the confines of the franchise because yes. they put this name on it. Now, yes. I totally agree to a certain extent with what Todd is saying. Um, I think that, you know, the setting is interesting. We go back to Romania uh, and obviously the history of vampires, and we learn more about the, the age and reality of our female vampire that we're dealing with. That right there is a movie. Mm-hmm. That's enough. Right. Yeah. Like you tie in Elizabeth Bathory. Right. You do all those things. And so if you just call it something around that and leave Fright Night out of it and don't reference it, this is actually a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. But they slapped the name on it. And yeah. so now we have to judge it based on that because you have a number of people who are fans of the original films who are going and spending their money on this. And that's just, that's the stinker of it because this is probably somebody's really original script, like you were talking about, that got flipped into this yep. and just wasted because mm-hmm. now you can never make that movie. Right. The because Peter Vincent character's it. wasted. Oh, he's just, just a, a, he's a butter knife. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing interesting about him. No, not a bit. I would say, yeah, I had like the FX for straight to video is not horrible. No, no. Yeah. The story's no. not bad. Again, I just can't get around what they did with it. Yes. And uh, the, 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 fight in the, pool, the fight in the pool of blood was kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that was cool. And the coolest thing of the whole movie. It's five though, minutes later, we're like, ah, we all love this movie. Man, <laughs> guys, go buy this movie. So here's here, the coolest thing of the whole movie to me was the, the comic book backstory. I did like that. And too. you know what? I, at, when they do it, I'm like, I probably would have watched a whole movie of that, <laughs> and like, because you you probably could have done. I, I don't. Again, I, I hearing it, it kind of makes more sense that it was the new blood, and then they were like, look, that kid, you know, dickhead needs to now be called Charlie, and we're gonna capitalize on Fright Night, and and it does now. That yeah, because they have the whole thing with like needing the blood of a virgin to mm-hmm. lift the curse. It like it could have been its own yeah. new movie. Yeah. Ed was so fucking annoying in this movie. Yeah. So and, and, annoying. And again, he, he wasn't even... He was a bloke. The the whole horror movie thing is gone, again. Right. It just... I don't know. I th- If it was called, again, if it was called The New Blood, I would probably be like, no, damn, this was a... So, you're basically, this is what we're starting to agree on, is this is Season of the Witch. Had you not included it in this franchise and called it Fright Night, and and you didn't you didn't have the or you could have called it Fright Night Two with with just not using yeah. use different characters. Yeah, I don't think it has the possibility to be anything like that. But I think I think in terms of relation, yeah. you know, yeah, definitely. I didn't like the tiger growls coming out of the vampire. <laughs> that I, I didn't well, care under, for that. I had to. Uh, I think kiss the cross, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I didn't like how the car I crashed into elaborate. her like she was Superman. The worst part yeah. though was Welcome to Fright Night for real, bitch. <laughs> the pause in between it. I actually rewound that like two or three times. I, just I thought it was like gonna it. say for real, for real. Yeah. I would have liked the part car two. crashing into her. Like it crashed into her like she's Superman. I think it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. She just stand there. Yeah. I think it'd been cooler if it had sent her flying, and she would have gotten up with her bones popping back into place. Yeah. You know what I mean? And getting back—that would have been so much more terrifying in my mind. Now, what if this is just a prequel to Dexter when Jerry shows up on there as Lila? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and the sonic scream is dead. 
that's my exact note. There's like four U's. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like she was playing the same character she did on Dexter. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I think they could they could have easily new characters and she could have been Regine. And fans of Fright Night probably would have ate this movie up a lot more. I think you're probably right. Because when you watch a movie that you're just fucking confused on, like Troll 2, <laughs> that doesn't have trolls in it, but we'll talk more about that later. Better calm down, boy. But it's a... <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't care if it's straight to video. It If it would have just not been confusing, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> yeah. Right on. All right, any, uh, any, any final thoughts wrapping up? Friday night uh, on Friday night too. If you're going to watch it, too. I would actually recommend watching it just on its own yeah. first or yeah. separate. Yeah. Like you might actually have a different perspective than we did. Cause it's, it's kind of unfair to the movie to watch it after watching the three before it. Right. I think maybe, maybe it might be. I actually enjoyable. did watch this first because it was the one I hadn't seen. And does, I, did you enjoy it at all? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I enjoyed up until that subway scene, gotcha. and then it really started heading downhill. But there were redeeming points, like all these things you guys mentioned. So, yeah. I didn't hate the movie. Um, I was shocked at some of the redeeming stuff, because about five minutes in, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's it's going to be a long hundred minutes. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed lots of different things about it. All right. Wrapping up Fright Night. Any final thoughts on anything in the whole franchise? I, I would highly recommend if you're a fan and how could you not be a Fright Night is to watch the documentary that the documentary yeah, is. I'm going to have to. Yeah. Is the documentary called You're So Cool Brewster? You're yep. So Cool Brewster. Uh, story you're of Fright so Night. You're So Cool Brewster. <laughs> and if, if you get a chance, like, um, I think the, the cast of Fright Night, like, I got to meet them all in September. I think the whole cast is great. Um, and then other than that, like, if, if the, I'm on board for Fright Night 3. So, not Fright Night. New Blood 3, Fright Night, <laughs> 1980s Part 3. Tom Holland, we know you're an avid listener. Hook us up, buddy. Fright Night 3, make it happen. Yeah, he, got, he got emotional at the end of the documentary, thanking the fans. Like, I was kind of surprised. Well, he and, and seem to- like that Tom I mean, Fright Night's perfect, and then he, his next thing with Chris Sarandon with Child's Play. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I like the way Tom Holland talks and laughs. He's funny. Yeah. Oh, he laughs like Elf. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I would recommend right. Friday Night Part 1 to anyone. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, I would say if you're a fan of the genre, you got to check all of them out. I, I'd recommend all of them. But uh, if you're just kind of a passive horror fan, Fright Night 1, it's it's in my top 24 films. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, All right. Well, wrapping it up for the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Hot toddy. Venomous Vinny. Oh, yeah. Stay scary.